welcome to Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast and a member of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And on Spanning the Spurs, we talk about the players, the coach, and the opposition of the best NBA team in Texas. I thank y'all for joining me, and let's get started. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Spanning the Spurs. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst, plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to another episode of Spanning the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to follow Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at SpanTheSpurs, on Facebook and Instagram at SpanningTheSpurs. And while you're at it, make sure to check out the Hoopheads Podcast Network. There is a plethora of great podcasts all about the best in basketball content, featuring shows and hosts that are dedicated to growing the game for everyone. So you can find them on HoopsHeadPod.com, on Twitter at HoopheadsPodNet. Again, HoopheadsPodNet. Like I said, they have a great list of shows, and they're still growing. You have the XNLs Breakdown, Motor City Hoops, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, 305 Culture Pod, Grind Grits, Nuck If You Buck, the Hoophead Pod, of course, and a personal favorite of mine, the Cavs Central Pod. And speaking of the Cavs Central Pod, I have the host of the Cavs Central Pod here, good friend of mine, frequent collaborator at this point. You can find him on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Justin Match, how you doing, man? I'm great, Quite the intro you had there, and uh, <laughs> glad to hear that you appreciate the uh, the work over at Cavalier Central. But um, yeah, I'm oh, doing yeah. well tonight. I'm I'm ready to talk some Spurs. This has been a fun team this year. Yes, let's do it. Speaking real quick before we even dive into Spurs, I have to say I finally caught up on the um you were on the I think the 70s episode of it, but the history of the Cavs. It was a little pod a collaboration going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I finally exactly caught up from across the Cavs. That was that yes. was a fun series. Was some some good stuff on there. It really was. Basketball junkie like myself, and, you know, just in general, basketball fan, really insightful, really good guest. Of course, you being one of them, it was a really soft. So I wanted to share that with you while it was on my brain because, yeah, that was fire. But let's talk about the Spurs. Uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's not been over here. The Spurs right now sit in eighth in the Western Conference uh, at nine and eight. They had, we're recording this on the 25th. They had their latest game, which was supposed to be today against the Pelicans, postponed uh, due to contract tracing. The NBA is just taking extreme caution moving forward, so that is why they didn't happen. The Spurs right now are 17th in offensive rating. They are 11th in defensive rating, 13th overall in net rating. They've been really solid. I, I think one of the takeaways I have here, I'm going to get yours real quick, Justin, is that as good as some members of their starters are, it's really the bench when you look at the numbers that has come through, uh, particularly their vets. And DeMar DeRozan's really been just steady play throughout. I mean, his three-point shooting we talked about a little bit was like 38 last time I was on the show. It's 31% now, but he's still taking just under two a game. He's averaging 20 points, uh, five rebounds, and six assists. And you can see he's really the, the main man on the offense. But 
right next to him is, De- is DeJounte Murray, who had another triple-double uh, this past week, and he's averaging 14.7 rebounds and five assists. And these guys, the way they're playing right now with um, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay off the bench, have been pretty surprising. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I agree with you there. I think they've been, like you said, really just a, a pleasant surprise, this team. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're eight in the conference. It's not like, you know, this <laughs> is some team that is going, you know, super-duper crazy. But they have no. been a nice little surprise in the league. And, you know, you'd look at more individual players. They, they have some guys who are coming along really, really nicely. And, like you mentioned, the Vets, for the most part, are playing really, really well, too. Um, looking at... DeMar DeRozan in particular, uh, the evolution of his game has been fun from someone who was just looking like, in in the eyes of most people, I've always been more of a fan of DeMar, Mm -hmm. but just a guy who, you know, oh my gosh, you know, just a pure floor raiser, you know, can't really raise your ceiling, can't play in the playoffs. A lot of that is that criticism was deserved because, you know, just the way he played, he was never really a defender, uh, took a lot of shots and wasn't the most efficient with those shots always. But, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of last year, I think, and, and carried over into this season, um, one, just the change in position for him uh, in the Spurs kind of embracing, you know, this kind of modern experimentation with him, uh, playing him at the four even a lot has been really, really fun to watch. Um, he's facilitating really, really well. I think he's averaging a career high in assists at, a, yeah, 6.8 a game this year. So, it seems like that's always kind of been a thing for DeMar is, you know, the, the assist and the, just the kind of trying to make plays for other is kind of relevant early in the season and then it kind of tails off as it goes on. I don't know if it's just, especially with the Spurs in particular, just as the team kind of falls off together, you know, he just kind of tries to do his own thing more. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but we're, what, 17 games in now? And yeah. it seems like, you know, it, it's been more of a thing this year than it has in the past. I think that, that you know, this this level of facilitating, which hasn't been, you know, a monumental leap, like I mentioned, but it's been better for sure this year and, and noticeably better. And yeah, you mentioned the threes. He's, he's at 31% right now, but again, just the willingness to take them, I think is important for him. Um, taking, like you said, two threes a game overall. I just, I'm, I'm liking that the Spurs are, I, I'm liking that DeMar DeRozan is, is willing to change his game a little bit. And I like that the Spurs are embracing it as well. I think that, you know, they, they may have found a little bit of something here with him as a player. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, and going into the season, I said, listen, and I still sort of feel that way in terms of if there's a way that you don't see a long-term future with DeMar, you know, at 31, uh, you know, it, with a long-term extension, then yes, of course, you know, see what you can get for him at the trade deadline, whatever the case may be. But watching him now, like, he's, and, and like you said, his distributing skills, his, his primary playmaking skills hasn't been like, you know, top-tier point guard play or anything of that sort. It's nothing spectacular, but it's really very, very competent. And the evolution of his game that, no, I didn't see either. I think of DeMar DeRozan, you know, a couple of years back, I'm thinking athletic two-guard, you know, who likes to shoot the mid-range and can get up and, and, and flash to the rim and get some dunks, but is going to help your team when, you know, it really gets crunch time, disappears in the later stages of the playoffs, particularly against LeBron. You know, it was that sort of kind of rough framework of his identity, and he has made strides in that. Even dating back to his last couple of years in Toronto, as far as, far as shooting the three ball more, you know, kind of evolving that way, adding some more playmaking. But it wasn't until in San Antonio where, you know, here popped in the Spurs have really trusted him to play, you know, play through him with the ball in his hands around these young guys that he's really stepped up in a major way. And um, speaking of stepping up major way, one guy who I've, I mean, he's, I think you would say the MVP of the Spurs uh, just in terms of, I, I guess the best young guy they have right now, only 21 years old, Keldon Johnson, man. Like the dude is 
just a snarling tank. He just gets to the like he is. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just like a monster. Um, and it's 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 something to see for sure. Like he's one of the guys who imparts this type of I don't want to say Westbrook type energy, but he flexes, he yells, he's he's excited, he's pumping up his team. He's that sort of guy, you know. Um, crazy dunker, someone who I, he's like this big ball of talent that I think needs to kind of be more refined. And I mean, the guy is 21, but like, even just looking at his numbers right now, I mean, he's tied or well, not tied. He's second in on the team in scoring. Well, just, just over, um, Lonnie Walker and LaMarcus Aldridge and just under barely DeJounte Murray at 14 points a game with seven rebounds. He's hits 2.2 assists per game. He's led the Spurs several times in rebounding. He shoots a three pretty decently, 34% on three attempts a game. I, I, I like this guy. Like this kid is, he he's won me over, and this is from a guy who had a great bubble. But I mean, as we've seen with Jamal Murray, just kind of going to the NBA, not just San Antonio specific, just having that flash bubble doesn't always translate to you know, okay, this is something that you can pick up and take with you into the next season. And with Kelvin Johnson, he's done that and more. Yeah, you mentioned it. He he really has carried over his progress from the bubble, and you mentioned him as the MVP. If he's not the MVP, he's definitely kind of the most improved. Just whether you count the bubble as part of last season or whatever you count it as, it doesn't yeah. But anyway, yeah, you mentioned just the energy that he plays with, you know, kind of Russell Westbrook-esque. Well, he has that Russell Westbrook-esque, you know, energy. He also has that, you know, the shooting efficiency to go along with it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at him in, in general, you know, he's just I, – I don't think that the level of shooting that he's at right now is sustainable. But he is shooting, you know, I'm not sure exactly what his split is, but it's right there at, you know, 50, 40, 90. Um, it moves really, really well off the ball as well. It just seems like he's always active around there, knows when to – Oh, it just seems like he always knows when to make the right play, knows when to cut, knows when to, you know, just how, how to get open off ball yeah. to finish. And, and to, but, yeah, like, like you said, also just such a strong finisher around the rim. Um, really, really embraces contact well, and it's not like he's—it's it, not like he's a freak athlete. Like he's a good athlete, but a lot mm-hmm. of what he's doing is just you know really, really strong, really, really skilled finishes around the rim. So yeah, um, love Keldon Johnson. Out, out of this this kind of chunk of young guys here, looking at like Keldon, Lonnie, uh, Dejounte. I guess maybe you can still count Derek White in that. Uh, who I mean, Devin Vassell, Jakob Pearl, whoever else. Would yeah. you say that Keldon Johnson has the highest upside out of all these guys? Because in my eyes, he does. No, I would have to agree with you. In my eyes, he he is there as well. I mean, the guy, and like you said, with more. Oh, hold on, I, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Lucas Sominitz. Are we sure he has higher upside than Lucas Sominitz? <laughs> I was waiting for the for the deep the uh, the deep joke here, the deep cut. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it's, 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 it remains to be seen. But right now, I mean, Johnson's had three points between 20 and three games between 20 and 29 points. He's had uh, four games between 10 and 14 rebounds. I mean, the guy has had a game each where he's had at least three to four blocks, three double-doubles so far. I, I think we've seen it. I, I really think we have seen it so far. Um you know, he's had a game uh, against a, a game against the Lakers where he went off for the, the 26 and 10 on 7-11 from the field and 5-9 from three. 
His rebounding's been solid. He's been easily the best rebounder, I'd say, on this Spurs team, at least when it comes to consistency, if not outright numbers. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, he's that guy. And and it's it's crazy <sighs> looking at where he was drafted from the Spurs, 29th, you know, overall two years ago. Like, the guy, and coming in small forward, but really giving that power, even at six foot five. And, yeah, he plays bigger than his size in a way that's like, like, wow, you know? Yeah, like I said, and just... For his ability to play bigger than he is and, and use his length really, really well, I just think it kind of tells you just how really how, how strong he is and just the will he has too. I mean, he's just the, the guy's a worker. You can tell. Um, so, really, 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 really high on Calvin Johnson. Oh, for sure, he's putting it in. We're seeing the results most certainly. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Let's talk about some of these other vets on the Spurs that have really stepped up big, uh, particularly Ru- um, particularly Patty Mills, but also Rudy Gay. Um, both these guys have had games where their offense has been key for the Spurs staying in games, uh, winning outright in others. Patty Mills averaging 14 points and three assists tonight, while Rudy Gay um, is really solid with just 11 points and five boards and just under two assists. But these guys, you know, the old man crew, I'd like to say, even though, I mean, DeMar starting – and we're going to get to LaMarcus in a little bit. He's a little different here for me. But, you know, Rudy Gay at 34, Patty Mills at 32. Both these guys have come in um, in different ways. I think Rudy Gay makes more of his mark, you know, the the, the occasional three, um, two threes a game, uh, some rebounding, kind of playing that kind of big spot while you have Patty Mills just coming, firing around screens. We're really getting that the, the Olympic Patty Mills, and we've gotten it pretty much all year. I mean, he had a 28-point explosion. He's had games where he's just, you know, as soon as he comes in, you know, he's going to get points up. And in a game they lost against Minnesota a couple weeks back, uh, one reason they did lose is they were playing so much through both him and LaMarcus. I mean, these guys aren't, you know, they're not spring chickens anymore, but they're running the offense through Mills to create shots again and again and again. And when you look at it, I mean, the guy is shooting 42% from three. He's getting 6.6 attempts a night, man. Like, it, it's crazy to me how uh, efficient he's been on higher volume with more of a focused role than in past seasons where he's had pretty much the same kind of identity. Yeah, and the Spurs have needed it, you know, that outside shooting. It's it's yep. funny that still on, you know, the other side of 30 now, he still just brings so, so much energy off that brench. Off the brunch? Bench. Yes. Not brunch. Brunch isn't a word. Yeah, I mean, but, listen, um, I'll take some brunch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, just overall, especially just, you know, at times when, you know, DeJounte isn't shooting the ball as well, or Lonnie has been shooting the ball fairly well but really just provides the punts that they need sometimes off the bench. Um, and like I said, just still being able to do that at the age. And it's not like he's an old man. He's 32 years old. Oh, yeah. But, 
been a really, really valuable and really, really fun player for them as well. Like you said, kind of showing a little bit of that Olympic Patty Mills and just, you know, in the games I've watched, gets the gets the, the announcers fired up every time he makes one of the difficult threes that he makes. And just, I think, overall, just really gets the offense flowing and gets the offense moving for him when it, when it gets a little bit bogged down sometimes. Um, and, and, yeah, looking at, at Rudy Gay as well, um, just been kind of exactly what you want from him. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, nothing that he does is flashy, but again, just another kind of fun player to watch as far as just, you know, you know pretty efficient, you know, big body guy. Um, I, I like that, again, just talking about the Spurs embracing kind of more modern basketball. Um, yeah. You know, playing a guy like Rudy Gay, not all the time, but in stretches at, at the five in small ball lineups, I think has been really, really fun to watch. And I think it's a rule that, you know, again, it's not something you're going to do all the time, especially when you have, you know, good centers on your roster. But, yeah, like, Rudy Gay can play there a little bit. And I think, again, just that's been the thing with the Spurs here in the past year and a half is just kind of embracing a more modern and creative style of play as opposed to, you know, no threes taken, you know, just, just kind of old – and not, not old school basketball. Like, everybody yeah. – yeah, it came along, but it seems like the Spurs have finally kind of made that leap all the way in, mm-hmm. and a guy like a guy like Rudy Gay really kind of reflects that. No, you, no doubt about that. You can definitely clearly see that, and you're right. It's it, these guys have have come through. Uh, Rudy Gay, uh, one you just mentioned, Patty Mills as well. In terms of at this point, I'd say Gay's been around a few seasons. I wouldn't call him a standby like I would Mills, who's been in San Antonio the past like eight years or so. But these guys come in, they know their role, and they do it well in, in needed spots for this team. Uh, let's talk about another vet uh, who's been – I guess get a little more mixed. We're talking about LaMarcus Aldridge, of course, dude's 35. You know, I, I think that going into the year, he has helped the Spurs, at least in my mind, not in terms of speed, although he can get up and down the floor well enough, but in terms of his shooting ability, space in the floor more, we saw him take more threes last season. Uh, he's actually taking even more threes this season. I'm like, okay, great. Like, that fits with the what this team's trying to do, kind of play a more wide-open spread type of play um, with more of a fast pace and not having a big kind of cob the floor. But the problem is that by having LaMarcus out there uh, in, in the way that he is, he's taking more threes. He, he most certainly is. Um, he's taking 3.7 a game, so it's up point from just 3.0 last year. But he's only hit 25% of his threes so far this season. Also, because he's out so far, you know, away from the basket so far, his rebounding is just cratered consistently. And then defensively, I mean, he's had a hard time. I mean, there's been some guys who have just uh, – Christian Wood – has just had whatever he wanted against Aldridge. He had one game where Wood had 27 points, 15 rebounds, and three blocks. Another game when Wood had 24 points, 18 rebounds, and, and three blocks as well. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has feasted. James Wiseman had a 20.6 rebound for assist game, and Wiseman's good. But, I mean, I mean, the dude was just getting it. And here's the thing. If you look at the numbers, I mean, the Spurs right now, uh, they give 115.7 points per 100 possessions when Aldridge on the floor, and they have a net rating of negative 8.5 in those minutes. But when he sits... Uh, their defense goes up to a 101.3 uh, points per 100 possessions, and their net rating goes up to a, a 5.6. And uh, shout out to Ethan Farina uh, for those numbers on a San Antonio piece he wrote um, on Air Alamo. But looking at that, it's like, I mean, you don't need the numbers to back up what you see on the floor, and it looks like LaMarcus at this point is definitely outmatched. Is he still valuable? Yes, I think he'd still be a, a great floor spacing option. I just don't know if the way he's playing right now, uh, the idea of him meshes better with the style of play San Antonio is trying to do than what Aldridge is actually producing. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Marcus has not found it yet this season. Um, he's, he's, he's 35. He's getting up there. And for someone mm-hmm. who has never been a really fast, explosive player, he, that's starting to really kind of come around on him now, um, looking really, really slow, like you mentioned. And, yeah, you mentioned guys like, you know, Kristen Wood and James Wiseman, you know, really kind of just kind of feasting on them. And a guy like Wiseman, especially, you know, these are guys who just have a lot of energy and were also big. It's just, it's a struggle for, for LaMarcus right now. And I, I think he'll turn it around a little bit. Um, I don't think the shooting is going to stay as bad as it is. And even as just, you know, kind of some of his past performances, you know, you look at like, Aldridge is always going to have the touch, at least from the mid-range. Like, that's never going to go away. And I think, you know, as we kind of saw him expand out to more to the three-point line than he has in years past last mm-hmm. season, um, and that really, really worked well, I thought. You know, it opened up the floor a ton for that offense to kind of do some more stuff. Um, it hasn't really been the case this season, but I think I think that the, 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 the poor shooting start will kind of fade, and, you know, he'll, he'll kind of get back into the role, assuming – that he continues to take these three-pointers, you know, we'll have to see if he, you know, as he's, you know, still struggling from out there, if he can just kind of goes back to what he always does. But that is a good point that you bring up, too, as far as, you know, being that far away from the rim and not yeah. being that real explosive athlete does hurt him, you know, rebounding-wise as well. And especially when you're not playing him with another, you know, high-level rebounder on the floor, you know, at this point you have to play LaMarcus at the five. He's not a power forward anymore. And looking at, you know, potential guys that you can play on the floor with them, like, again, you know, Rudy Gay a lot, you know, a fine rebounder, but not a great one. Exactly. Uh, Rosen sometimes, again, not really really a high-level rebounder. A guy like Trey Lyles, maybe you can play with him a little bit, but Trey mm-hmm. Lyles, I think, is, you know, still best at the five spot as well. So it does just become – and Drew Eubanks maybe, but it, overall, it is just best for him to play at the five and that, that comes with the sacrifice because you're probably not going to be as good of a rebounding team, especially when he's stretching out the floor the way that he is, at least on offense. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, it's, it's been a struggle for him, but I think that the shooting at least should, should recover from where it is right now. I just think he's got too good a touch. And I think overall you just, you look at his body of work, the guy's going to figure out the shot. But um, mm-hmm. with that being said, do you think that the Spurs are, let's say, should they, not should they make it a priority? That's the that's the wrong terminology. I'm not trying to use there. But like as far as the potential availability of Lamarcus Aldridge, in terms of do you bank on him just getting it together and finding some either some form of his old self? I mean, he is 35, like you said, so whatever that may be, definitely more limited. We're not getting 2015 Lamarcus Aldridge. We all know that. But in terms of okay, he's still a serviceable player for us. Or listen, we can get something for him. Let, let's do it. Well, it depends on what you're going to get for him because I really don't know what that is. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you either right now. It's, I, it's <laughs> hard to find a team with you know a, a 24 million matching salary who needs a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge to, you know, kind of fit into the lineup as a fifth starter and a, just kind of a half-court offensive creator. Like, I'm not really sure what team really needs that right now. I don't expect him to get traded. Uh, I think they're just going to ride it out with him this season, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and, and it helps that a team like this has Yaka Pertle, who we haven't really gotten into a ton yet. 
But I think that Jakob is honestly Let's talk about him. probably he's probably the better option at center for this team. And I still think you you start Lamarcus. I'm just again as far as finding rhythm, that's the best thing to do. Uh, let let him get his starting minutes and. If he has it going, maybe you can finish games with him as well. But I, I do believe that on this team, Jakob Pertl should be playing the majority of minutes at center. Um, okay. Ben he just has a better really fit? Good. Well, I think he's certainly a better fit. And overall, I think LaMarcus is obviously like the more talented player. He's the bigger name. Oh, but Jakob has been looking really, really, really good this year. He's an underrated player. Um Someone who isn't an elite finisher around the rim, but really, you know, has some ability there. And he's not someone who gives you really anything outside of the paint like Lamarcus does, which can hurt at times. But if you have another, if you have enough other creators on the floor, I think it's fine. Um, especially when when you run those those Demar at the four lineups with you know whoever Vassell, Patty or Patty or Dejounte, and then whoever else at the two guard. I think you can make it work. I mean, I think they've proven that they can make it work just fine. Um, and on the the defensive end is where it's really just night and day um, between the two of them. Lamarcus, again, like we said, has really struggled on that end. Um, and Jakob is really just such a good rim protector. Again, like that, that's that's. I was going to say it's really where he makes his money, but I think honestly, getting him yeah. the eight to nine million a year. You know, contract this offseason, even as an RFA, has proven to really be a steal for the team. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta get you on it. I mean, I'm not the hugest Jakoperto fan. Like, he definitely is cool, good in terms of being able to, you know, finish around and bring energy, bring some rebounding. I just feel like the lack of floor spacing can kind of bog things down at times in my own mind over having someone like Aldridge. I just wish Aldridge was more. Uh, I, I, I guess in ter- like if he could get some of the best rebounding traits that um <laughs> that um Jakob already has. But Jakob, like you said, going back to him as far as like uh, a good re-signing, yes, he fits really well around this squad. Uh he has a struggling inability sometimes to like just, just finish with, with just rock hands once in a while. But aside from every that, I mean huh? I was say every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just weird. It's like ugh. But aside from that, the dude knows his role. He plays it well. He definitely does provide more of a presence down there in the middle in a way that you haven't really gotten from the Marcus Aldridge all year. So I'm definitely with you on that for sure. Um, let's kind of get some of these guys. Well, let's talk about Lonnie Walker and DeJounte Murray. Uh, you know, let's talk about – let's throw Devin Vassell in there as well. These guys have all had their moments. I think um, out of the three, DeJounte Murray's just been a lot more – I mean, obviously, one's a rookie, and Lonnie Walker's kind of been up and down. But John T. Murray's been played pretty strong, uh, just really good at getting to the rack, finishing around there. His mid-range shot's good. His three-point, you know, three-ball is, eh. I mean, it, it's better than Aldridge, which is saying a lot, but it's also worse than DeRozan, which also says something. Uh, it is from a guy who's not really a three-point shooter, but he's definitely taking them now. Uh, he's up to just three a game. Uh, 14 points already mentioned, the seven rebounds and five assists, but... His wingspan on the defensive end, he's still a terror there. As far as him being a secondary distributor of the ball and being pretty effective at it, he's made some great reads, especially coming out of the pick and roll, uh, pick and pop with Aldridge. Uh, I, I just like the way that he's played. And I, I think that we still are waiting for Derek White, of course, and where he fits in here. But, like, maybe it's time we start kind of shifting to John T. Murray as the long-term guard of the future. Maybe not so much a tandem as much as it is um, Murray and White. 
Well, I think we'll, we'll have to see it a little bit. And I, I think if, if Derek White shows that he can, you know, be more of a shooter like he's, you know, flashed, I think that it'll work out just fine. But, yeah, DeJounte Murray, I thought, despite, you know, still not really figuring out that three ball, has looked fantastic this season. Um, and just talking about the three in particular, you know, it hasn't really fallen at the clip, at the clip that you would really like for him. No. I, I still think, again, like this is not – it's not something that you really expect from, from DeJounte right now. Um, it's never really been, you know, a, a key trait for him. Mm-hmm. And I think just looking at the shot itself, like he's shooting the ball with, with more confidence than I've seen in the past. So, you know, I, I think – you know, that, that could end up recovering a little bit. I think the shot just looks good right now. It's just not falling. And like you said, you, know, you mentioned he's been, he's been solid in the, in the mid-range as well, so that's kind of a positive indicator. And then like you said, he's been a really great finisher around the rim as well. Um, it, you know, kind of that wiry strength that he has really, really helps him out there. And obviously we, we don't even really have to get into the defense. We know what he is there. But um, it really is just kind of, and again, we'll have to see how, like you said, Derek White really fits into this. But it's really kind of taking command of the offense when he's out there. Um, you know, really kind of showing what he can do as a facilitator and really doing a very good job at it. So, been been very, very impressed by DeJounte to start this season. Oh, yeah. For certain. For certain. Really like, like you said, more to see um, as far as how sustainable this is. I definitely can agree with you on that. But so far, a lot to take away from him in a positive light. Looking at Lonnie Walker, uh, he's had his games. You know, the numbers aren't going to blow you away. 12 points, three rebounds, assists and a half. He's someone that can still, you know, get really hot and knock down threes, kind of um, spur on good good scoring runs for the Spurs. And then he has games that are just plagued by inconsistency. Not really a lack of confidence, but definitely lack of efficiency or not making the wisest decisions on the offensive end. But, I mean, it's still – I mean, the kid is uh, – no, the kid. The guy is 21, 22. There's still a lot of growth to be had. And if you look at the numbers across the board, he has improved, uh, corresponding, of course, with more playing time. His production uh, points, rebounds, assists, uh, even steals have all gone up as well. So there is that kind of steady improvement that you can take away when you look at Lonnie Walker specifically. But um, what what are your thoughts on, on how he's been this year and – you know, where he kind of stands, because, again, it's, I bring up Derek White because he's kind of the guy waiting in the wings, but he's the one who you would imagine you bring in White on slowly. But one way or the other, unless you see Derek White as like a long term bench piece, he's coming up for obviously either Murray or Walker spots unless DeRozan's moved in more than likely. That would be Walker. Yeah, I think it'll probably be Walker who sees a, you know, a, a decrease in his role. I don't think it'll be a huge one. I think he'll still you know get his share of minutes. But yeah, he's, he's looked fine this season. Um, a little bit out of sync on offense at times, but overall he's been shooting the ball. He has to be in, in what, the high 30s right now from three? From three, mm-hmm. Yeah, right now he's shooting 38% from there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's that's good. It's, it's, it's on, just on just good. under five I mean, attempts you know, tonight. Yeah, the threes have been falling for him. You know, mm-hmm. just the rest of his offensive game, you know, you, you, it's still yet to be a little bit figured out for him. But overall... I think there are enough flashes to him, and obviously we know the athleticism that he has. So I, I, I'm, I'm still in on Lonnie Walker, um, and he's, you know, again a little bit lost on defense at times, but yeah. overall, yeah. I mean, just, again, just a, a good athlete, a strong frame. Uh, I think overall, yeah. If you look at one guy who maybe loses a little bit of minutes, 
it might be him. Maybe you take a few away from Vassell. Maybe you take a few away from Patty Mills. But and I think you know you you look at the, the Derek Wade extension. He's definitely going to come in and get his minutes. I mean, they oh, yeah. established that this is a guy who's a key part of their team moving forward. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's probably Lonnie Walker who kind of gets squeezed out just a tad bit. But uh, I don't think it's it, it's not necessarily all because of you know poor play by him. I understand what you're saying. Okay, just kind of the the situation and circumstance. Yeah. More than I, I agree. I get you on that. And then. Kind of the last guy I want to talk about real quick is is the, kind of the rookie watch, Devin Vassell. I think he's done basically, I guess, what you expect from a rookie being brought along with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, numbers aren't going to blow you away. Five points, three rebounds, one and a half assists. Like uh, shooting 41% from three. Uh, you know, right, so that's good right there. Um, he's had three games where he's got between 10 and 20 points. A couple games he had between, you know, five and, and nine rebounds. Uh, pretty low on the assist end. He comes in, gives you some good, valuable minutes up. Uh, playing defense and hitting some good three-pointers. had a couple of games now with multiple uh, makes from out there. At, uh, you know, one game with four out of six against Washington um, just yesterday or two days ago, and then a couple of games uh, going back where he comes and hits a couple of threes and, you know, decent double-figure score there. But what do you think about him so far? I don't think there's a lot to take away. I think he's solid, and I think more minutes and, and trying to figure out his role will explain a lot as far as, like, where he fits in. But I, I, I think he's doing – just fine. I mean, you know. Oh no, Devin Vassell has been great this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Suns should be, or I guess the Spurs should be thanking the Suns for taking Jalen Smith over him. Oh my pretty gosh, much daily. that was so like, dumb from the minute it happened. You're right. It, it was uh, taking a a backup four essentially over you know three and D wing. I, I will we'll, we'll save that for a, a later podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Devin Vassell has been spectacular this season, and he's again he's never gonna be a guy who really jumps out at you in the box score, you know, other than maybe a couple given nights here and there. Like it's just not who he is. But what he is is somebody who can defend really, really well on and off the ball. Uh, I think as his career progresses, he'll put on a little bit more weight, and that'll help him a lot in that department as well. Um, yeah, just overall a good 3-and-D wing. He's shooting the ball, you know, right out of the gates at a high level. I think, you know, maybe he doesn't finish the year at 40%, but I think it's pretty sustainable. You know, yeah. a, a lot of the concern coming in was, you know, what on earth was that pre-draft workout video where he started catapulting the ball instead yeah, of shooting it? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really not even a concern anymore. I think he, you know, he said at the time that, you know, after they took down the video, he was just messing around. Um, but, you know, anybody who may have seen that and not watched Devin Vassell since, he was just messing around. His, his shot looks fine. It uh, looks like it did in college. And, um, yeah, Devin Vassell, I think, again, like this was never going to be a guy who's a star, but picking up a, a real high-quality 3-and-D rotation, you know, starter-level wing, which is, I think, what he'll end up being in the near future, was yeah. a, a terrific pickup by them. It, it, may, it may exactly. It's something that you can um, you you'll see. It's gonna pay more dividends. I, I think either whether that's going against uh, the Suns as you mentioned for taking Jalen Smith or just how beneficial be for the Spurs for being just this great role player, high level role player. That's kind of where I see him as. Like you said, not a star, but someone who's gonna definitely make an impact. Yeah, it's it's a lot to take away, and you know you're encouraged to see kind of where he fits in moving forward. But 
the dude's 20. I mean, dude's 20, and like you said, someone who's already uh, showing some pretty promising signs. All right, Justin, uh, I think I'm going to close it here for us. I do want to run through the Spurs' next couple of games. We are waiting to see, again, if, from what it seemed, the NBA took extreme um, caution just pushing that game back. Um, someone on the traveling party, they were concerned for our contract tracing, so there was no game against um, – I'm getting mixed up now – against the Wizards? No, this wasn't the Wizards. This would have been the – Oh, man, it was the Pelicans. I'm thinking Zion. I'm like, where am I seeing Zion? Anyways, um, the next couple of games, tentatively speaking, the Celtics um, will be on Wednesday. And then you have a tough match. It'll be very interesting against the Denver Nuggets. Not that the Celtics are pushovers by any means. Followed by a two-game set against the Memphis Grizzlies. Then a game against the Wolves. And then uh, by the 6th of February, a rematch against the Houston Rockets. But, uh, Justin, any last couple of thoughts on the Spurs before I uh, let you go here? Appreciate you coming on again, man. Thank you for your time. Hey, absolutely. No problem. But uh, I did have one more question. I need to know what uh, what have you thought of K-to-base DF on the season so far for the Spurs? Okay, listen. <laughs> now, I knew you were going to come I knew you were gonna come with this deep take, right? I knew it was going to happen. This is how bad I am. So, you know that um, I think it's Stephen Noah? Yes. Um, you know this, and this is why uh, this is why you asked me. I'm just putting it all together now. <laughs> I'm just putting it all together now. You dirty dog. All right, so basically, um, for those who didn't know, you know, me and uh, or should I say, uh, <laughs> Justin and I, we were doing that um, the test. The uh, Stephen Noah on Twitter, uh, who you play for? And I got, I went into the easy level ace. I was like, ah, I'm good. I, I didn't think I'd miss anything. To be completely honest with you, went back. Uh, did the intermediate one ace that too? Go back to the hard one, and it shows Kade Bates Diop, right? I'm sitting there going, Kade Bates Diop, right, he's not in Minnesota anymore. Hmm, hmm. I wait. I I must have overthought this for at least seven minutes, and then I put I forgot what team I put, but some team, not the Hawks. I think I went like, I don't know what was team it the I Nuggets? put. I think it was the Nuggets. There you go. I think that's what it was. Exactly. Well, he played for the Nuggets last, so okay. At see, least you you didn't just guess a random team. No, ex- okay, so you're right. I had to put some respect on my name in that case. But at the same time, I'm looking. It's like, wait, and then I told you, and you're like, dude, come on. I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course, he is a member of the San Antonio Spurs. So a uh, span the Spurs does span across the entire roster. This has been constantly just of mine. <laughs> Justin gave me some some flag for it. I deserve it. Uh, you know, our guy Kata, uh, not a whole lot to bring to the table. I mean, he's only been in three minutes of uh, mostly garbage time, averaging uh, 0.3 assists and uh, two-way. So, I mean, there you go. There's, there's your, there's your uh, solid numbers. There you go. I'm about to say, there's your, there's your deep take for you, Justin, because you got me there. Oh my gosh, and that felt like so long ago now. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a memorable, that was a memorable gem. Span the Spurs, everybody. <laughs> Thank y'all again. <laughs> Thank you, Justin, again for coming on. You know where you can find him um, at Cap Central Pod. On Twitter, part he's part of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network again. Um, Hoops Heads Pod Net or Hoops Head Pod on online, Hoops Head Pod Net on Twitter. Uh, definitely check those out. Plethora of great shows. Justin knows the stuff as you can clearly tell. But if you think this is good, uh, you'll love Cash Central Pod. Aside from that, that'll do it here for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. Follow Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at Span the Spurs on Facebook and on Instagram at Spanning the Spurs. And uh, thanks a lot, y'all. Until next time, go Spurs, go. (laughs) If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. 
Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Now just about do it here for another episode of Spanning the Spurs. Thank y'all for joining me. Make sure to like, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. If you like this show, make sure to check out the other great shows on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. A lot of great content going on over there forward certain. Where you can find me? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And until then, stay cool and I'll catch on next time on another episode of Spanning the Spurs. And as always, go Spurs, go.